Hey, everyone. Welcome to Active and Connected Families. As you know, we've been focusing on developing community on the podcast lately, specifically around making friends with folks that are the same as us and folks that are different from us. And we've shared this focus because being connected to those around us improves the physical and mental health for us parents, as well as for our kids. But many of us lack this sense of community or feel like we are working so hard to try to develop one. And this is especially true for folks who move around a lot, like the families of U.S. Foreign Service officers. Making friends while constantly starting anew is challenging, exhausting, and also rewarding and life-giving. Take it from Jody Harris, who's lived with her husband and children in seven countries over the last 15 years. As a part of Virginia Family Therapy, Jody is helping head up our international team, offering therapy to those connected to U.S. embassies abroad and in the States. As an eligible family member herself, Jody is a true expert on the highs and lows of putting yourself out there with new people, being vulnerable and asking for help, and when it's time to lean into yourself and to your family. Her strategies for building community resonate with those relocating abroad, as well as those of us who haven't moved in years. As always, if you like this podcast, like, subscribe, and share it with a few friends, We're so thankful for your listening, and we hope you all have a great day. Active and Connected Families is a smart, relatable conversation with me, Dr. Amanda Sovic-Johnston, child psychologist, mother of three, and entrepreneur. I've spent my career providing family therapy and supporting high-achieving mothers, and maybe even more hours with my girlfriends trying to figure out how we can all feel more confident in our work and our relationships. And you all, there's one thing I've noticed. We're all struggling in some of the same places, and we're all looking for some down-to-earth advice that we can actually use. So on Active and Connected Families, I'll share some of the insights I've learned, strategies for those daily fights about laundry, some expert perspective on the bigger issues like the mental health crisis, and me chatting with my therapist friends about how we can all feel a little more active and connected in our lives. Throughout, I hope to make you laugh at least once, but I know I'll leave you with something that'll help you become a better parent and maybe even person. Thanks so much for listening. Hi, Jody. Hey, Amanda. I'm so excited you are here. You are fitting right into our topic of developing community, and you are a true expert on the topic. I've already heard stories of your amazing holiday parties with communities <laughs> collected like across the globe. So why don't you start by telling us, how did you become such an expert on developing community and making friends? Ooh, this is such a good question. First of all, thank you for asking me to talk about this, because this is one of my favorite topics. Um, And I think that to look at like how I became an expert, I don't know, I'm like, oh, can I say expert? Oh, no, I've done it a lot. But I think part of that is that when it actually started when I was a kid, because when I was five years old, we moved from Indiana, where my parents had grown up together. They lived in the same town forever. And when I was five, we moved to Texas. And I watched my parents who were super young in their late 20s when my brother and I were five and four. I watched them totally create an existence in a new place out of nowhere. And and it really kind of then influenced me when we, um, my husband's in the foreign service. So we've been um, 
living overseas, even actually before the Foreign Service, we were both did part of our undergrad and graduate school overseas. And each time you move to a new place, you have to start fresh. You have to make all new friends. Um, and so I got lots of practice. So tell me, what do you think the most important piece of making friends when you move a lot is? I'm sure there's a lot of different considerations, yeah. but the people that are listening to this have probably had to move a fair number of times and probably understand some of the basics. So what do you think, what, what do you think the most important piece is of making this work? Well, I think that there are kind of two separate sets of things. So like the first one is around just kind of generally putting yourself out there. And I can talk a little bit more about what that means, right? So being what we call in, I did a lot of theater growing up, what we call in theater, like playing the yes game, just like, all right, yep, I'm going for it. Yep, I'm going to go to that party. Yep, I'm going to go to that coffee, even if you feel kind of cautious about it. So it's like kind of putting yourself out there and looking at how you put yourself out there. And then the other one is really, really understanding yourself and knowing when something is not really your thing or knowing what to pull back from if it's not the right fit for you or where to find people based on your own interests and your own passions and what's important to you. I never even thought about that. You do have to know yourself when you're thinking about making new friends and making community. Yeah, totally. Yeah, for sure. And I think about, you know, I think when we first kind of started living overseas, there were times where I was like, kind of playing that yes game, like, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And and sometimes I would find myself like, I mean, everyone is a good person, right? But I would find myself like in groups of people, I was like, I don't know if I really feel like these are my people, right? I don't feel that I have a strong connection to them or whatever, but I would keep going. And then it really took probably, I think it was maybe our second tour when we were in Madagascar, where I really began to reflect on what was important to me and do the things that were important to me and kind of find friends through the things that were important to me. And that really made a big difference. Wow. So you really would say the the first part is knowing who you are, knowing what you like and throwing mm -hmm. yourself into those, into those things. Is that right? Or am I just making that up? Yeah, no, I think that that's, I think that's a good summary. Right. And I think that part of that too is like, and this is another element of both the knowing yourself and putting yourself out there is I think being able to be vulnerable and honest with yourself and with others is huge. And I had this, I, this is like one of my like fundamental, like life in the foreign service stories. When we first, I used to be like one of those people that's like, hold it in, hold it together. Don't let anyone see that this is hard, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and we were in Madagascar and we had been there just a few weeks and I don't know, all of this stuff was going on. Like there was like an attempted coup and then my husband had to work really long hours and my daughter was only two months old. So I had like a six-year-old, a four-year-old and a newborn. And I was just like kind of a wreck. And I went over to a friend's house. I didn't really know her, but I had met her a couple of times. And now she's one of my very, very, very best friends in the whole world. And she did the photos for our Arlington Alexandria office. And so she's, there's all these connections, but I was like saying to her, I mean, this was years ago now, 10 years ago. And I, I was like, Oh, I, I, I wonder if I can use your internet. Cause my internet is down and I'm like holding back these tears. And then I start to cry and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. And she's like, are you serious? You are my friend. You will always oh. cry in front of me. 
we have to be able to cry in front of each other. And it was one of those things where I realized that part of developing deep relationships and deep friendships is being able to be yourself in front of people and admit mm-hmm. when things are hard and admit when you need help with something. And I think that one encounter with her changed the whole future of, you know, the years after in our experience in the foreign service, for sure. And what's interesting about that is that that must have felt scary, right? Like I can hear clearly you were in a time of crisis. Anytime you have kids those ages, you're like on the verge of crisis yeah. all the time. Right. And so you, it probably, that's what pushed you to cry. Maybe you wouldn't have done that if you would have had like one more ounce of strength left yeah. in you. Do you know what I mean? Not strength, yeah. not the right word, but just like reserve because it yeah. feels uncomfortable yeah. crying in front of people. Yeah sometimes. So it took it took a ton of work for you to do that and look at what it got you. Yeah, I know. I mean, and really I it's really it's one of the things that I think about even going forward as I'm making new friends in like how do I and I think about how often I've repeated that in other places, right? You know, how often I've been like, "Oh, I remember that and this is a time to, you know, ask a friend to join me as I go." get my, maybe this is too much information, right? But as I go get my first mammogram in Japan and I don't speak the language and I don't want to go by myself, I have my friend, you know, this is a different friend now, but I just say, hey, can you go with me to this appointment, right? And that sort of thing, like allowing yourself to be vulnerable in that way. Yeah. I think that makes sense because I would assume, and I could be wrong, that you have to have some sorts, a lot of resiliency in order to be able to move all across the country or all across the world all the time, right? Like, I think the people who probably choose this are built with a certain level of resiliency. And so then to go in and say, to make friends quickly and to develop community, you have to be vulnerable. And I'm willing to bet that that dichotomy is, is complicated and something that you have put into words really nicely. Hmm. Yeah, thanks. I I think yeah, it's just one of those things where you have to it's not even like a like oh, now I'm going to be vulnerable in all relationships and I'm going to be more resilient. <laughs> it's that you have to kind of come back to it again and again. Like you have to reset the intention every time you move and you have to notice uh, every time you have those encounters what it feels like in your body. And you have to notice that there might even be like alarm bells in your head of like oh my God, this person might think you're stupid. (laughs) Like to hear yourself say that, like, oh, that's a normal thought to have. But the worst thing is, is this doesn't turn into a friendship and then, you know, and then you have another friendship that you develop. You know, you have to keep doing it and you have to remind yourself to keep doing it. Can you tell more stories of being vulnerable when it worked out with friendship? Because I think we can talk about it, but it's really hard to put into practice. It's really hard like that really good story, just like asking someone to go with me to a mammogram when I didn't speak the language. Like that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that probably kind of the biggest, you know, this is kind of a big story, but in Madagascar, we, I really committed myself to doing that there because I hadn't done it in our first posting in the Dominican Republic as much as I wanted to. Like we actually had great friends there, but I hadn't, it was our first posting and I kind of had most of the same best friends my whole life. So it was like a new thing to learn to do that. And then, um, so when we went to Madagascar, like there was another example where I was waiting outside the school and I overheard a woman speaking Spanish 
and I had studied in Spain and I speak Spanish and, and I was like, <laughs> I just was like, hola, <laughs> you know, I just started talking to her. And she also ended up becoming one of my best friends. I mean, we had really tight group of friends there. And so it was, again, it's that like noticing like, okay, the person might think, and I do think my friend Lourdes, I think when I first said it, she was like, hey, <laughs> you know, like, okay, strange lady. But then like going back again, right? Like saying like, oh, do you want to have coffee? Do you want to get together? Because her kids were the same age as my kids. So there was no reason not to be friends. But in Madagascar, what happened because we had like so many, it's such an isolated place. And there were all these ways in which we kind of kept doing that, putting in the little drops of creating friendship. We were there, um, we were there about 18 months when our middle son, he was five at the time, he got really sick. He was diagnosed with type one diabetes. And um, Madagascar is a place where you would, you'd probably, well, you would die from type one diabetes. There's no, there's no treatment. And we had to be evacuated with like no notice, right? Like we called the doctor. He's like, this is what it is. And they had to call an air ambulance and we had to leave immediately. And Sam and I left with a suitcase each. Like we were never going back. Like we left and we were never coming back. And then my husband stayed with my oldest and um, who at the time was seven and my daughter who at the time was one to kind of like wrap up our lives there. But because we had built those relationships, like the community totally came together. Like my mm -hmm. friend, the Spanish speaker, Lourdes, she helped my husband pack up the house. Other friends took care of our dog until we could get our dog like shipped back here to the US. Um, other friends like cooked for Jeremy, right? Because he was now he has two kids that he's caring for. His wife and his other son wow. have left. And it was to me, I was like, this is why you do this. This is why you put yourself out there. Because not because you want something in return, but because when you need it, then people will come together. Like it felt like for the first time, like, oh, this is a small town. This is like the sort of thing where, you know, in a kind of the typical US, whatever, I mean, I'm stereotyping here, but town, like you have your church and your school and your community group and all those people come together you, for you when someone is sick. But you have to create the same thing in the foreign service or whatever sort of kind of moving life you have. It can feel hard to do that because you're like, well, it's going to last for two to four years and then we're going to leave. But it's so important. You don't need it less just because you move. I think that's a really good point. You don't need it less just because you move, do you? No, not at all. In fact, you need it more in some ways. Do you think that people, I could, I could imagine myself maybe doing, you call it a tour, like my first tour and listening yeah. to all the podcasts and being like, how am I going to do this? Oh my goodness, right? Yeah. Um, do you think people on the receiving end are more open because everyone is kind of in the same boat? Like when you were being vulnerable, do you think people are more open to you or do you think people are less open to you? Hmm, that's a good question. I think that it depends on the person. I think in general, people are more open to you. Um, but it also comes a little bit with knowing like, well, maybe not. I'm not everyone's cup of tea, right? Like <laughs> maybe they're like, huh, she's a little, you know, wacky or out there or whatever. But then it's also kind of like, oh, you know, maybe I'm not the right fit for that person in a friendship or whatever. You know, I think in some ways it helps you find your friend's more. And the people who want a different type of relationship 
they find the people that are the right fit for them. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think ultimately, you're right. I think when we try to make friends, it sets us up for feelings of rejection so easily, right? We are vulnerable. We can be rejected. And I feel this way even as a therapist sometimes, you know, like if a therapist or if a client comes to see me and they're like, oh, I want to change therapists, I'll get my feelings hurt, you know, or I used to get my feelings hurt. Mm -hmm. Really, people are different and people are two puzzle pieces and not every single puzzle piece is going to fit together and we can't expect it to be that way. So it's not a rejection of us. It's more just people are different and that's okay. Yeah, it's so true. And I mean, I tell all of my clients that that's part of our first session where I'm like, my goal for you is that you get the perfect fit for you to help you with the things that you're going through. I think we have a great connection, but if it doesn't work, it's not personal. You Mm -hmm. know, I really want to help you find the right fit. So let me know, you know, my feelings won't be hurt. And I think people appreciate that because they real, it, it creates autonomy for them too, you know, and to be able to, to make those decisions, what's right for them. Absolutely. And so we don't have to go into it with such thoughts of rejection and such an image and such a fear of rejection, really. we we If we can look at it kind of externally, like this is just two puzzle pieces. This isn't just a rejection of me. This is two puzzle pieces and do they fit? Right, right. And to even just acknowledge that that feeling or worry of rejection is 100% normal. Like, yes, people worry when they're making friends that they'll Mm -hmm. feel rejected and that's normal. And you might also feel rejected and you'll acknowledge that. And then, you know, you'll try again with someone else. And some, some posts are harder than others. You know, there are places where we've made incredible community, the very, very, very best of friends. And there are places where afterwards we're like, huh, we had friends, but it never really felt like a community. Mm-hmm. You know, despite our best efforts. If you are enjoying this episode and want more mental health support for you or your family, visit us at www.virginiafamilytherapy.com. We're a mental health practice with offices in Lynchburg, Charlottesville, and Northern Virginia, and we provide teletherapy across Virginia and North Carolina. We offer psychiatry, individual, child, and family therapy, and even have some after school appointments available. Again, that's www.virginia, spelled out, familytherapy.com. Thanks so much for listening. Do you ever feel like you go somewhere and there's like a cool crew and you're and you're like, I want to be in that group. I want to be in that group. How do I get in? Do you know what I mean? Like, does that happen? Yeah. I know that there are people that feel that way, right? Mm-hmm. I must be oblivious because I'm always like, oh, really? They're the cool people? Okay. Like, I I'm just kind of like, I think that that is, that happens. And I think that there, that people can get really hurt by that. And I actually had a friend um, talking about that last year, how um, over, actually over the Christmas holiday, they were, her and her family were at our house. And she was saying that where they had been posted before, they always felt like there was this cool group of people that were doing things and they would never, she and her spouse would never get invited. Mm -hmm. Right. And that it was really hard for them because they knew it wasn't personal, but they often felt like it was personal. And again, with everything, I think that it's just so important to acknowledge like, yes, humans feel that way. You know, humans want to build connection. Humans, even, you know, in in high school or even in elementary school, you're like, oh, those are the cool kids. And I kind of want to be a part of that. But I think that's where knowing yourself like, oh, what is it about that that appeals to me? 
oh, well, I see what it is, is like having that, you know, look, they look like they're having fun, right? They have that community. Okay. So what would it look like for me to kind of begin to create my own community? And like I said, some places are easier than others. I mean, I do think there are places where people want to acknowledge there are places where people keep putting that out there and they keep feeling like it just doesn't go for Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. And then I think that's what, like another thing is to think about like how you allow yourself to kind of go inside yourself a little bit, find home inside yourself, recover a little bit to kind of spend that time. um, I don't know how to use that time in ways that help you better understand yourself, even if those friendships don't come quickly. Can you talk about that a little bit? So Mm -hmm. what do you mean by that? Yeah. So I can share another story. Like during the pandemic, so we got to our last, we were living in Belgium. We got there um, in August of 2019. So right before the Mm -hmm. pandemic started, well, a few months. So right as we were starting to feel like we were making friends, then the pandemic hit. And so we had some friends and then some of them moved that first summer. And so, and then we were all in lockdown, you know, it just felt like it was a rough start. My husband worked really long hours. And so towards like kind of the final year. So last year when we were there, um, we had a new neighbor and she was lovely. I mean, I consider her a friend and she had this like group. We lived near like a hike and bike trail. So I worked out every morning on the trail. And so she had a group of people that were like, would go work out together on the trail. And I would always see them and she would invite me to go. But my workout time, like I have very little quiet time in my life. Mm-hmm. I like to work out alone. And my workout time is like a private time for me. It's it's meditative. It's reflective. I like being on my own. And so there was kind of an opportunity there in our last year to kind of like play the yes game and be like, yeah, I'm going to work out with these people because with the pandemic, I haven't made a lot of friends and I'm going to make this group of friends and this is going to be great. Mm -hmm. But it felt like in our final year that what was more valuable was to really hang on to that special time, that inside time for myself, right? And to do what was important to me, even if it meant not developing a really strong friendship, because I knew we were coming back here. My kids are getting older. My boys will go off to college while we're here. It just felt like I had inside work to do. Mm -hmm. And that quiet time to have my workout in the morning in the forest by myself was more valuable. And so I think sometimes it's like, oh, I can see this, but this other thing means more to me right now. And how do you manage that too? Because when you're moving around a lot, part of it is making friends and part of it is leaving friends. And how do you get invested? To me, I'm like, oh my gosh, how do you do all that work knowing that you're going to leave, Jody? That feels so scary for me. Yeah, it is really scary. And yet it's really like love, you know? Like it's if you, very few people would, I mean, just think about like what it's like in high school or college or, you know, even in graduate school, whenever you meet someone that you totally fall in love with them, right? Even if it's not the person who's your long-term partner, but just like the feeling of falling in love. Yes. You have all of these worries of rejection and, you know, that it won't work out or whatever. And in fact, in high school and college, you probably know it's probably going to work out, right? But you have those feelings and 
you go with it because there's something really wonderful about it. And the same is true for friendship. Like, I really think that you have those friendships that are like soulmates. Like you are supposed to be, that person is supposed to be in your life. And even the sadness of knowing that you're not necessarily going to live in the same place as them, or your connection will be, you know, the threads will be thinner because you'll be farther away. I feel like reminding yourself that it's worth it. And even when it's painful to say goodbye, it was still worth it. You know, it sounds really cheesy, but it really matters, you know? No, I actually totally agree with it because, you know, they've done research that essentially making a new friend releases the same hormones as falling in love. And yeah. so, you know, when you're married, you know, you've, you've kind of, you're, you're re-falling in love with your partner, but you're not having that like total fall yeah. in love. And yeah. so really yeah. we're either looking to drugs, which I'm not doing, or yeah. <laughs> to making new friends to get that feeling again. And I think yeah. you're right. It is beautiful to be given the opportunity to, cause you have to, I think sometimes yeah. in my life, I'm in the same place for so long. And so for me, part of the challenge is keeping up with the friends that I have. I have a lot of friends. I'm very fortunate. I've lived in the same place for a long time. But sometimes I think I wish I would be in a position where I had to make a new friend because I want that feeling. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I mean, that's a, you know, you mentioned our holiday party, (laughs) but that's one of the things like we've been hosting that party. I think this year was the 13th year. And we, so we had that party twice in the Dominican Republic, but it was really small, just our neighbors, right? So maybe under 10 people. But then the third time we did it, we were here temporarily in Northern Virginia for training. And so we invited all these people. And you know how many people came, Amanda? Huh. Zero. Oh, Jody. Yeah. No people came. Jody. Yes. And so every year, <laughs> every year now since that we've held the, we've hosted the party, the day of, I'm always like, oh my God, I'm so panicked that nobody's going to come, right? Even though people are SVP and we know people are going to come. And that year that nobody came, it was like, you know, we didn't know that many people and it was just kind of more, inf- there are all these reasons, right? The I can't even remember now, like it was on Christmas Eve and in Northern Virginia, people don't really you know, on Christmas Eve, people are often with their families or whatever. When mm-hmm. overseas, they don't have anywhere to go. So they come. Oh, you know, that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. And so um, it was, it's one of those things that even now, even last week when we had that party, and I think we probably had 50 or 60 people here, many of whom, there were people at the party we'd never met because our boys who were in high school invited their friends. And then we were like, yeah, tell their parents to come. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, And then we had people who had been to the party in Madagascar in Japan and here now, you know? And so we had like the people who had been coming continents. And so, but even that day I was like, what if nobody comes? Like I always have that like fear, you know, even Mm -hmm. though it seems kind of like a silly fear now, but my brain is programmed to think people, people might not come to the party, but it was, it's really awesome to be able to like kind of, it's like the actively and intentionally choosing to, you know, keep up with this tradition that's become like a huge family tradition. It's really important for our family. Well, and I think it's really beautiful because the year that you had zero, I mean, talk about being vulnerable, right? And so then to be like, and we're going to do it again next year, that to me, but talk about a process and giving hope to people that are listening. Like, 
take it from Jody's mouth, you're going to bomb at some point. Yeah. And you're going to come back and have a full community. Yeah. I I just think it's so beautiful. Like what you taught your kids during that, what you've taught yourself, like there are going to be moments that it doesn't work out. And that, that doesn't mean that we don't work out. We can just keep on plugging away and developing the community in other ways. Yeah. And, you know, you learn too to kind of turn towards your family at that time, which is another really important thing about this lifestyle, right? So, you know, like the first, so it would have been Christmas of 2020. So the first like pandemic Christmas, right? Mm -hmm. Like we ended up, you know, we were on lockdown in Belgium. So we did the whole party with all the traditions because we do this raffle and we do this cookie buffet and stuff for our, for the five of us. Right. Correct. and because no one else was there, but the kids were like, well, we have to do it like the real party. And even that was fun because it felt like, you know, the tradition was so embedded, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost like that sense of that com- creating community in that way through all of the ups and downs and all the different continents has become like, it's almost like a go-to thing in our family, right? It's it's self-fulfilling. Like it just is a thing we do now, Right. It's like a family value, right? Like you've created a family value without necessarily realizing it's a family value, but it is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can't, when your kids go to college, it's going to be like, they're going to have such an easy time. I hope so. Right. I, I mean, you know, and that's something too, just to remember is like every, every kid is different, right? Like our oldest is super intentional about making friends. It was his not, he's a junior in high school. It was his number one priority here. He really, and he really set a list for himself and did the things, right? And and then our middle one is more like, he's really into sports and music and he makes his friends through the things he gets involved mm-hmm. with. Like, and, and he's not so much intentional about like, let me make you my friend as let me do things together and see who I warm up to, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's a, it can be a slower process for him. And then our daughter is super introverted. And so just acknowledging that like when she comes home from school each day, she has to like get in her bed and read a book or draw. And she will need a couple hours of that because it's so hard for her to build those relationships. It takes a lot longer for her. Well, and I think what you just highlighted too, is that there are different ways to do it. Like you're talking about how you do it and And you have laid out a roadmap in many ways for your kids, but they've taken pieces of that to develop their own ways, Mm -hmm. right? right? right. They're all going to do it differently and that's okay. And at different paces. Mm -hmm. And and maybe if one of them, you're like, oh, maybe they need some strategies. You can give them some of yours, but they've also taken and picked what is working for them, at least the older kids at this point, because they've had more experience. Yeah, no, for sure. And even with my daughter, we've had to do that a little bit and saying like, you are going to feel like you don't want to do this, right? Like I took her the other day, I signed us up to do this thing in Arlington that was painting with goats. So there's like a petting zoo and then you're painting. We're doing clearly. It was so awesome. But she was like, I was like, it's perfect for you because you like art and you like animals. She was like, I like drawing, not painting. And I like cats, not goats. So I'm out. And I was like, I know when you get there, you're going to have so much fun. I think you have to overcome this resistance of like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired and I just want to like go into my shell. Mm-hmm. And so then I'm like, we'll go together. And if you hate it, you hate it. But then, you know, you didn't like painting with goats. And we're there like two minutes and she's like, these goats are awesome. 
right? You know? And so it's like telling them that like, reminding them that like, it's not that it always has to be easy. It's not easy. It's really hard. Um, But it's like just pushing yourself just a little bit, put a toe into it just to see. And then, okay, this feels good. The water's okay. I can put a little bit more of my toes in, right? And just ease into those things. That makes so much sense to me. And I think that applies to all of life. You know, like anything we're anxious about, let's not like, you know, boil the ocean. Let's just go one step by step. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else like around making friends when you move a lot that you think is important for folks to know? Mm. I mean, I think we really covered it. I think the, the main reminder is just like at the end of the day, like when you can find home inside yourself, you can create a home anywhere, you Mm -hmm. know? Yep. Yes. And by the way, those folks that are listening that have college students, this is the number one thing I talk to kind of end of first year, beginning of second year college students around is like, now it's your job to create a home in college. That's the level that you're at. But I think learning that you have to do that is a, is like a developmental task, right? In you know, right around 20. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I have young adults that I work with and I'm often saying like, right, that's your mom's house, but you're creating your house. Mm-hmm. And when you're creating, you, and you might have to also remind your parents like, oh, that's interesting that we did it that way. But actually, now that I'm married, I'm creating my own house. <laughs> you know? No. So if people wanted, you know, at Virginia Family Therapy, we are going to be offering therapy to folks across the world through um, seeing folks who are in the foreign service. Yeah. How can people find you if they want to find you and have you be their therapist or learn more about you? Right. So you can go to the Virginia Family Therapy website um, and you can find me under our international practice office, which I think we just got that page up or our Arlington Alexandria page. And then you'll see my bio and you can learn more about me and the other therapists that are Um, connected with the Foreign Service. So this is a Foreign Service kind of acronym, but we have a number of EFM, eligible family members, Foreign Service spouse therapists that we're hoping to bring on board. We're in that process right now. Um, And then um, you can also, if you Google Jody Harris, LCSW Psychology Today, I think my Psychology Today bio will come up. And if I'm full and I don't have space, we have other therapists that you can work with. So we have a great and team so of people. Many of us. Yeah. And I think so many of the people that we have on board know this, right? Like you clearly understand this. You understand the lifestyle of moving around a lot, of being a foreign service, the spouse of someone in the foreign service. You understand what kids are going through. And so we're excited to be able to have therapists who understand it all to be providing services to folks who are going through it, no matter where they are in the world. Yeah, it's really awesome. I'm so, so, so excited that we're doing this. And I even, you know, I will have clients say like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy that I don't have to explain the acronyms to you. And I'm like, yeah, that's nice. I'm not EFM now, but it's it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, this was great, Jody. I, and by the way, if people are listening to this, I did a podcast maybe six weeks ago called How to Make Friends as an Adult. I think if Mm -hmm. you listen to the two of these together, you're going to learn a lot, to be honest with you. I think you will walk in with some tools that will be useful. Um, And so I actually think we're creating a little library, Jody, for the Foreign Service. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. 
I know. I love it too. Um, Okay. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on and I will talk to you very soon. Yep. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Have a great holiday. You too. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to like and share the Active and Connected Families podcast if you found this helpful. And if you or someone you love are interested in therapy, you can find out more about our practice at www.virginiafamilytherapy.com. Again, that's www.virginia, all spelled out, therapy.com. Thanks again.